This is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where I invite the most innovative leaders, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Yvette Giles, who is an Asheville native, a wife of 40 years, parent to four, and an eight-year ovarian cancer survivor. She is also the author of Windowed Revelations of Ovarian Cancer, co-founder of CoThink, and founder of HERS LLC, a healthcare navigation consulting agency aimed at improving healthcare outcomes for ovarian cancer patients and symptom-driven diseases. Yvette is actively involved in presenting and being a change agent locally and within worldwide organizations with an emphasis on gynecological cancers and symptom-driven diseases in women and people of color. Yvette serves on the Buncombe County Health and Human Services Board, the Advisory Board with Hayward Street Respite, and the Parent Advisory Committee with Mission Hospital. She is also a founding participant of the Health Equity Task Force, focused on identifying and putting action plans in place to address healthcare disparities with women in color. And she is also the only woman of color presenter within Western North Carolina for survivor teaching students, otherwise known as STS. Both HETF and STS are programs in partnership with the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance. Yvette is committed to being an advocate supporting equal access for equal outcomes. I brought her on today to talk about her current week work and what got her here. But first, Yvette, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It is really such an honor. Our paths have crossed off and on, I'd say maybe close to three years now, something like that. Yeah, about three. And and it's been such a pleasure to have all of those touch points, even going back to the women's conference that I threw through the Women's Business Center a couple years ago and having you be such an integral member of the panels and the conversations and just really watching you fight not only for the healthcare outcomes you want, but to grow a thriving and surviving business, which we know is not always easy. <laughs> so before we kind of dive into where you are now, there was so much in your bio that I didn't necessarily get to highlight. So I wanted to give you a second. Is there anything from the bio that I didn't mention that you specifically want to really bring to the table? Um, no, I think you really hit the the highlights. Um, okay. Yeah, you really hit the highlights. Yeah. Good. You just do so much that I just, I a want to always make sure I get the good bio out for people, but also want to really spend the time on these personal conversations. So let's really dive in to what starting a business based out of the need that you saw looked like, right? You've been a nurse, you have a master's in social work. So tell me how you went from working for other people to really working for yourself. Um, As you mentioned, I am an ovarian cancer survivor. Um, I know when I sent my bio, I think I did not change it, update it. It's, it's not eight years. It's actually 10 years. I am a survivor of of ovarian cancer. So when I was diagnosed uh, and I was working with WC Community Health Services, I over, you know, I supervised the women's health program and I had never encountered or worked with anyone that was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So after doing a lot of research and studying and really starting to make my way out in the community to different healthcare providers to talk about ovarian cancer, um, I felt that I needed to commit myself to bringing awareness to ovarian cancer. 
and also that women of color were were dying in significant numbers from ovarian cancer, um, and they were being diagnosed in late stages. And I just didn't know, you know, I wanted to know why and what I could do to change that. And so I became committed to being an advocate for ovarian cancer for women of color and for all women. Um, and also to also look at what's their um, their overall uh, health in general, you know, take a holistic approach uh, to identify any chronic um, health management de- diseases or diagnoses they may have as well as do- dealing with ovarian cancer. Right, because like you said, in the holistic perspective, cancer isn't the only thing that people are going through if you have diabetes or you know whatever mm-hmm. stress, all of these other things. So I'm curious in your research and sort of your own personal experiences, what are some of the highlights that you found? Why aren't there support really for ovarian cancer patients? That is a good question. Uh, to me, <laughs> We're still ovarian, answering it, right? <laughs> ovarian cancer is where breast cancer used to be so many, many years ago. Mm. Um, ovarian, I think because ovarian cancer, um, there, are no, there are no tests to diagnose you for ovarian cancer. Um, when you die, when you're, think you have other cancers, there are different tests that you can have that that can confirm that, that, that diagnosis. But with ovarian cancer, it's really a process of elimination. And it's because ovarian cancer mimics so many other diseases. For instance, abdominal pain, stomach pain, um, stomach distension, fatigue, weakness, yeah. back pain, leg pain, uh, feeling full, um, feeling bloated. And a lot of times doctors will automatically say, you know, there's something going on with your digest- digestive system. Mm-hmm. We need to send you to a gastro doctor. But uh, really... The, the woman has ovarian cancer sometimes, a lot of the times. Um, and so because ovarian cancer mimics, um, as I said, so many different uh, diagnoses, it's usually the last thing that comes up as something that people, that a doctor will, or someone thinks of that I, you know, that I may have. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to, to um bring that awareness, bring that education around ovarian cancer, the symptoms, and also for people to be their own advocate, you know, uh, self-advocate. If you are continuously, and also I wanted to mention urinary um, uh, urgency and frequency, Mm. which is how I knew that something was really wrong with me. Mm. Um, So you automatically think of a urinary tract infection. Your doctor also thinks of that, urinary tract infection. You know, but if you're not... One thing that I I tell people, if you identify symptoms within yourself and you talk to your doctor about it and the doctor, you come up with a plan or with your doctor, a treatment plan, and that plan is not working and it's been a month and you're still not improving, then you go back again and it's another month and you're getting worse, nothing's improved, then push. This is the time that you really need to really push and self-advocate for yourself, for your Mm -hmm. doctor to look outside the box. Yeah. And that is what I know about you, working with you, supporting you. That is what you really bring to the table in your healthcare navigation is, again, this holistic approach, but that doesn't just include checking things off of the box. And Mm -hmm. I also wanted to bring the conversation that ovarian cancer was really where it started for you, but it's now expounded into other symptom-driven diseases because these are the same problems people are running into, right? There's one simple test. It's a lot of mimicking, you know, symptoms. And so Mm -hmm. how has that work expanded from just ovarian cancer to other symptom-driven diseases for you? 
Um, I think, well, I know that when I uh, work with uh, my, my clients, my patients, um, I do an assessment, uh, a thorough assessment of what's going on with them. And at that time, doing that assessment, I'm able to identify what other things are going on with them. Uh, are they are they diabetic and they're not understanding how to rotate their insulin, uh, right. how to draw their insulin up, right. or if they have a if they have the pen that they use for their insulin, not understanding, you know, how that works or um, helping to teach them about the different types of uh, insulin. Um, and a lot of times my clients may be, they may have a medication that that's prescribed four times a day and they have no idea how to stretch that out or what is the best and most effective way mm -hmm. to, to stress that out, you know, and, um, my daughter-in-law was had a heart attack about a couple of years ago, and one thing that we learned, um, family history. I've already known family history is so important, but uh, while she was in the hospital, we discovered that her family had a history of, of uh, heart disease and people dying young. And so from that, we were able to uh, discover what the tests were that we need to that are that 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 you can bring to the to your doctor's attention. If you have a history of uh, heart disease in your family, right. are you worried about this thing because you're, you know, you you feel you you know you may have some symptoms, and you know, ask the doctor. These are the different tests that I've been told that could pop, that could be uh, drawn in the office or in the lab that could actually uh, identify if this is genetic for me. Uh, so you know, just making sure that people. Uh, making sure that I have those conversations, those overall conversations about what's going on with their life, not only medically, but also socially. Right. You know, are you losing your housing? Um, are you unable to pay your rent? Um, have you lost your job? Yeah. Um, you know, and one client I just did, you know, visited the other day. Um, he needs a hearing aid. You know, how can I pay for that? Does Medicare right. help pay for that? You know, how do I research that? So, yeah, having, you know, just having those general, those overall conversations and doing that assessment, get, you know, brings me, gets me, out, you know, a lot of information that I need in order to start developing a plan of care with my client. And I also make sure that my client drives the, the conversation and drives mm. the need. Yes, you know, they, they identify <laughs> what is the most, what is at the top of the priority for them? that needs to be addressed at this particular time. Man, you just hit on so many amazing points, but one of the biggest overarching ones that I really wanna sort of go a little bit more in depth with was this family history and really teasing out all of the social, emotional, physical dynamics that are occurring in one's environment. <clears throat> and a lot of the reason that is difficult, Yvette, correct me if I'm wrong, but has to do with these biases that happen, has to do with the fact that there isn't this safety and trust between healthcare providers and particularly people of color because they have been minimized because they say, well, everyone in this section tends to have these problems, but if they really dug deep, they'd understand, okay, what's the rationale behind all of this? Is mm -hmm. it poverty issues? Is it lack of access to resources? And as a healthcare navigator, that's really where you kind of do things different. You don't just say, hey, you need a hearing aid, go figure that out. It's We say, 
what do you need to live your best life and how do we support you in achieving that? What are those resources we connect you to? Where are those grant fundings we can hopefully connect you to? Mm -hmm. I just, it's such a powerful way that you bring healthcare, which is, as you and I know, not necessarily always focused on the wellness side and really make it more about getting everybody what they need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also really listening to the client. Mm-hmm. And letting them drive the conversations because you can have a tendency. People have a tendency, and doctors, you know, when and when I go with my clients, I always we prepare before we go to see a doctor, and so we are prepared, you know, to address what issues that they feel are the most pertinent to them. And so when I when I walk into a room and when I'm with my client, my client, the doctor will say, "How? What can I do for you today?" And so the client can immediately talk about these are the issues that I feel like we need to address today. Yeah. You know, and yes, we might have addressed this last month, but this problem has not gone away. It's getting worse. And this is what's working and this is what's not working. Yeah. So you you said it, right? Right. Like it doesn't really matter what color your skin is in a lot of ways when you're in that position, when you're trying to advocate for yourself. That's a systemic challenge we run into in the healthcare industry, but it is hyperbolized for these minorities and and areas of Mm -hmm. of groups that haven't gotten that support. So I want to talk a little bit more about how you kind of work with people. You're talking about your client. So you do one-on-one consultations and work with individuals, but you also do partner work, right? Yes. Yes. Um, Right now I'm partnering with uh, an organization called ABEPA and with them, with ABEPA is basically, you know, they identify People that are, uh, when we do our markets, when they do their markets, we identify different people that are at high risk, people Mm -hmm. that are uh, unable to access health care, people that are not being listened to um, because they may be elderly, because they're a person of color, because they're being, um, um, their symptoms are being, you know, just overlooked by the doctor or right. just being pushed to the side by the doctor. And so uh, when we meet with these, when um, uh, different different clients that I meet through the marketing um, um, sites, uh, when I meet them, you know, then I immediate, immediately arrange a home visit with them. And it's doing that home visit that we're able to identify these dip- different things that are going on. Uh, I'm working on a real complicated case right now. And um, one thing that I want to say is like for minorities, a lot of times women are told there are a lot of different myths, which helps, you know, which really creates that barrier within the healthcare. Um, So for instance, like uh, this particular person is having a lot of pain and, you know, well, black people have a high, high black women have a high tolerance for pain. Mm-hmm. Or they're having different issues with their with their female area, and you know, when black women they always have fibroids. You know, <laughs> so it's okay. You know, so let's just address these fibroids. And so when I go, <laughs> when I talk, when you know, I'm doing my assessment, and women are just you know telling me, you know, their different um, complaints and where their area of complaints. And I am very descriptive when I uh, talk with them and also when we go to see the doctor Mm. so that we can eliminate that myth right there. Right. And start to get that doctor to actually listen to that client. Yeah. Versus just making a judgment or assumption. And the 
they're so baked in we don't even acknowledge or even understand sometimes so it requires you working with the client to advocate but it also requires the educational side of what you do too right going into these doctor's offices and showing them where their biases are we don't often know where our shadows are right that's the whole point they're behind us and we can't really see them so someone Mm -hmm. has to kind of turn us around and look face to face at where are we failing our patients where are we not serving and you and i both know the best outcomes are having success rates. The best outcomes are people living longer and being mm-hmm. healthy, right? And I know that that is the ultimate goal that we all want to share, but right. we also overlay insurance and political mm-hmm. rate reasonings and, and like you said, biases around social norms. And it's just, it's quite frankly, a really challenging world to navigate. And I'm just so proud and happy that there are organizations like Abipa and Mm -hmm. hers and everything out there. So I know we're kind of getting towards the end. I'd love to talk a little bit more about Abipa. You were saying they do events as well. How do they find the clientele that's really needing their support? Um, Well, I think Abipa has been around for, I think, uh, 13 years, I believe. Wow. And so they they have maintained and uh, really uh, built their reputation in the community as someone, as uh, that they as that a, a person can can connect with uh, to have their health issues addressed, to do preventative care. To uh, they do a lot of preventative uh, screening, uh, they do a lot of outreach screening. They do diabetic education, so they are really really community driven, and they're they're not like inside walls they are out in the community mm, which I really differs that. for them from a lot of different organizations they are out there boots on the ground in the community um they are at different the different low income housing areas uh they are uh they they're uh, they make sure that they are uh in the different community areas and they connect one on one with the communities to do like i said outreach programs to do screening programs uh, like prostate screening, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, diabetic screening, in uh, education. So um, they really, they like I said, they're boots on the ground out in the community. Uh, we I recently got an email from the uh, the executive director uh, about us about colon screenings in Old Fort in another mm-hmm. in McDowell County. So they're like I said, they're out there. They've been around for 13 years. They are focused on chronic, uh, chronic disease management um, and whatever, identifying those areas, those barriers to care, and making sure that not only those areas are addressed, but that the, our clients uh, are provided that direct access to quality care. And we're monitoring to make sure we do that follow up to make sure that that client has, has the, had the ability to access and maintain that particular care. I love that conversation you just brought to the table and it's not the traditional way that healthcare has been delivered, right? Everyone comes to you, you sit in one sterile room, we look at you, we check off Mm -hmm. some boxes, we maybe draw some blood and Mm -hmm. then we think we can solve the problem. And in the mental health work I did, you mm-hmm. and I really relate to the fact that you need to go out in the community. When I was working in the homes, I saw yeah. so much more of the real story. And that right. is such an important part of this conversation. And you just lead that charge. You lead that charge so well. And I'm just so honored to know you and watch you really 
give back to the community and the people who need it most. So thank you, Yvette, for being here today. Before well, we Thank have you to, for having me. Yeah, it's such an honor. I feel like I could go on and on. But before we wrap up, how is the best way for people who want to learn more about you and maybe want to work with you or want to maybe give you some money? What are we what are we looking for? How do we want to direct people your way? <laughs> yeah, and anyone that wants to partner with hers, I'm, yeah. um, you can go to my website. Uh, like I said, it's hers limited liability or hers LLC. But you can go to my website and it's uh, uh, www.hersnc.org. Or you can give me a call at 828-242-5020. That's my mobile phone. Or you can call my office at 828-505-7059. Well, I really, really advocate for anyone who is feeling anxious or unsure of how to maybe solve some of their own problems. As a family member they're working with, Yvette is just so connected and can really support you in getting the support you need. And again, Yvette, thank you for just being such a champion and a client of mine and someone I just deeply care for. (laughs) Well, thank you, Johanna, for having me. I appreciate it. Well, of course, my dear. And as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com with any show suggestions or questions you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.